Hey, welcome back to the High Kicks podcast. Carl, what are you doing? Emily's plug. You're putting blue Powerade in. You're stopping your plugging of finger Shameless. guns. Shameless plug. We're, we we wish we wish we were sponsored by Powerade, but we are not. Um, Carl, Carl, Carl just likes the blue stuff. Um, we had some good games this week. I I enjoyed watching. Um, I think we got a lot to talk about. We jump right in, or or anything yeah. else? Oh, actually, before we get into things, I just want to wish uh, Marquinhos and Di Maria's families well after the break-ins at their houses. Yeah, it's just terrible, and I it hope everyone's an awful thing to happen. But I'm glad to hear that like everyone's yeah in a exactly. much better situation now. Um, everyone's safe. No one got hurt in the situation. It was great yeah. to hear. Yeah. But let's move on to our games. Uh, so the first game we have up is Leeds-Chelsea. This game was a draw. Um, but it was back and forth to hell. Yeah. It was back and forth to hell. It was it was exciting. Yeah. I mean, Chelsea out-possessed, Chelsea out-shot. One of the bigger things I wanted to talk about, and it's something that I have been talking about personally all season, I know with you, and mm-hmm. it's come up on prior episodes of the podcast. I'm a big fan of Villain Melier. He had eight oh, yeah, saves. Of course. He had eight saves in this draw. And he just looks fantastic. I don't know what it is. He he looks like he commands his box, and I'm not taking away anything from Edward Mendy because he made a fantastic save in this yeah, game. I was gonna say. But I'm highlighting the twenty year old keeper who wasn't like a highlighted summer transfer here. And he's just very much impressed me. And I actually don't know if he's 21 yet. I don't know what his birthday is. Um, but I just, yeah. I'm back to the way he commands his box, the way he claims the ball in the air, the confidence, the distribution. He looks like he's going to have a great career. And I'm excited. And also he's French, so that yeah. sort of sucks for all the national teams. Cause... Also, do you know who just got named captain of the stacked U21 French national team, Carl? Who? Guess. You're not going to be able to. Kamavinga? No. What? Want to go one more guess? No. Matteo Ganduzzi. Are you serious? Yes. Damn. Saw it on Instagram. Might have been puberty sport. Um, but yeah, so Matteo Ganduzzi beats out all of those other stacked midfielders for the captaincy of that team. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I agree with that, but maybe there's there, I mean, there's always more to like being we're not, a captain than just and we're like not there every day. on the field. I mean, he's playing quite well this year. Yeah, but, but also. Like... Yeah, the, the antics. But I think it's good for him, and hopefully, I mean, they should play really, really, really well come yeah. their, their U21 Euros. Yeah. yeah, that's not even a question. Yeah. Like, we're, we're, we're talking about one of the best teams. I want to slide into um, one of the more shocking games of the weekend, though. Didn't oh, yeah. 
the result kind of caught me off guard. Neither of us predicted this one. No. Um, no. 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 Uh, Burnley 2-1 over Everton. Bro, we're sane. That's, like, why we predict, like, the way that we do. Like, you have to. Like, sometimes, like, you predict an upset, but predicting this to go the way that yeah. it went yeah. is not at all an upset. It was actually, like, sort of a thrashing by Burnley, despite what the possession says. Like, those shots, every single one were so threatening. Yep. Dwight McNeil's finish. And I mean, shout out to Everton, because I do got to say, like, giving up two early goals. Hold up. Giving up two early goals and then coming back and getting one back quick. It shows grit and it shows determination. And it shows, like, they have room to grow under Ancelotti. But losing 2-1 at home to Burnley also shows they still have a lot of room to grow. Yeah, exactly. Like and also I feel like they need a they need another signing. I think they're at that point. You think they're at that point? Because of the depth in most of the other Premier League teams, like Manchester United is deep now. Yeah. Arsenal is deep now. Tottenham is pretty deep. Liverpool needs to be deeper. Clearly, we're seeing that this year, but yeah, we're we're seeing that really quickly, Um, and they're gonna adjust for that like immediately. City's deep, Um, so Chelsea even is a deep team. Like they have such a deep roster. So once Everton actually starts getting like they need like another like one or two signings, and then they're starting to get into that conversation. And I think, I think they're still gonna target Isco. Like I really you want that Isco? to still be a thing. I think he'd look good in that midfield. I think it would yeah, unlock exactly. more creativity for the team. And I, I mean, he's another one. He played really well under Ancelotti. Exactly, Bye. and he can also play on like a winger esque position. Like yeah. he can be like a winger cam. Like he's yeah. able to play like a right mid or a left mid position. So we have a tendency on our show. To mostly focus on the bigger clubs. I don't want to take anything off of Burnley for this. Because um, this was they a... They thrashed them. But they thrashed them, but this was a huge, huge win for Burnley. It moves them seven points clear of the relegation zone with Fulham's loss to City. And it just lets them be a little bit more comfortable. And it's a big shout out to Sean Dyche to be able to go in there and put together a plan that'll make it work, you know? Yeah, because you don't get to see that a lot. A lot of the time, it's sort of just forced upon managers recently, and they don't really get to have any plans go about. They sort of are just like, here's a timetable. Like, just, like, you have your expectations. If you Mm -hmm. don't meet them, you're fired real quick. So yeah, he it, he's doing a good job. I mean, exactly. They are a club that is in a spot where they should be near the bottom of the table, kind of fighting for their lives. But he's doing a good job to make that fight a little bit more comfortable. You have to be in that position with the squad that they have. But exactly. they're also ahead of Brighton and Newcastle right now. Like yeah. pretty comfortably ahead of both. Mm-hmm. Which is just super nice for both of them. 
yeah like for burnley like just being able to move up there they're literally tied with southampton yeah so it was unfortunate for fulham that burnley got this win and fulham had to up against wow that wasn't words had to go up fulham had to go up <laughs> against um man city yeah one oh, i forgot what our predictions were for this um you, you want me but, to follow up real quick? Nah, it's fine. But I just really want to speak about how I don't really think the scoreline is as reflective of how this game went. City did not outpossess Fulham the same way that they outpossess everybody else. It was a seven point swing in possession, almost an eight point swing. City didn't out touch them by 300 like they out touch everybody else. It was less than 100 touches. City didn't outpass them by 500 or 300 or whatever. It was less than 100 passes. Fulham played well, aside from a 13-minute span that featured a Stones header. Actually, I don't know if it was a header. I'm going to retract that. A Stones goal. I watched it, and I don't know if it was a header. That's bad. But Jesus' goal was really nice. Jesus' goal was nice, and uh, Sergio Aguero pen. Yes. So, apart from those 13 minutes, I was really, really, really impressed with Fulham. But we've seen this before by City. City have also played those close games with a couple other teams, and then out of nowhere for the last, like... Uh, what what game was it? I'm I'm trying to think of an exact example because it it was a recent game where City it was up until, like, no. But what I mean is even after that 13 minute period, like Fulham oh, it didn't went back to normal. Fulham didn't look deflated. Like I don't know. I that may be a knock on City just because they lost to. Man, you in such a fashion, like maybe that did knock their confidence a little bit, and I, I mean, could see that. I don't know but... if it knocked their confidence because they won three nil. I just think we said it last week, and I'm gonna reiterate it. Fulham are just pretty scrappy. Like uh, that—that's what you're trying to get at, okay? Like, yeah, I mean, they—they they clearly have some kind of like finishing issues because they put three shots up but none of them were on target yeah but this is a consistent thing for them to do well against teams that typically out possess other teams like i know city has off games like this sometimes but it's a trend for fulham to play well against good teams fulham are the draw monsters against decent teams like yeah that's that's kind of where i'm getting at um I feel like an issue with City is just comparing them as like a decent team is just so they're just They're just so they're much just better. so different. I, I want to slide over though to another game that this result kind of surprised me also, but mm-hmm. it's because it was kind of a slaughter. I did not think that Leicester was going to no, do I... what they did. To Sheffield. I did not think they were going to beat them 5-0. I didn't expect the manner in which they would do it. I didn't expect that Iannaccio hat-trick. I didn't expect... Yeah. Hat-trick. Speaking of Iannaccio, not just a hat-trick. 
The dude's 24 years old, and he looks like he's coming into his own. He's got five goals in his last three. Like, that's impressive. They are winning games without Vardy carrying such a scoring load right now. Madison didn't even play. Mm-hmm. Like, as you mentioned before, they're deep. And uh, I want to mention something massively. You just see Vardy climbing the assist ladder right now uh-huh. with Ian Nacho playing like this. Oh, my God. Hey, did you, did you see his two balls right in? Do you see his two balls yeah. in, Ian Nacho? Yeah. We... Like... I don't even want to talk about it. Did they, you know? Did you know? Playing... Did you know you could pass like that, Carl? I just want to see Aubameyang and Lacazette do this. Neither of them are Vardy. Neither of them are going to be able to do this. It is disgusting what they were doing. I, like, I, I, it was beautiful football. I was watching this game while doing some stuff for the show. And I looked over, and the Anacho scored. And then I looked over, and Anacho. No, no, sorry, I looked over, and Perez scored. And then I looked over, literally like three, four minutes later, and Anacho scored. And I was like, what is going on? I'll read one thing to just, like, sum this all up. There were zero shots on target by Sheffield, and they had 28% possession. Sheffield got issues. I mean, Chris Wilder just left the club. Um, yeah. That's one thing. Ryan Brewster hasn't worked out. I got to give a quick shout-out to Michael Edwards before we get to the Liverpool game. The dude's got a way of somehow selling prospects that have barely played at Anfield for ridiculous amounts of money. I have no idea how he got $20 million for Ryan Brewster. I don't know. I have no idea. But that's besides the point. Back to Lefter. They look good. They just... They're firing on all cylinders. Wesley Fafana's an animal in the back. I think the only thing to look forward to is them playing City next week so that, man, you can get some breathing room. I think that's the only thing that I can be excited about because, honestly, with their current form, the only team that really can beat them, and I'm not even sure if they will, is Manchester City. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Also, I hate the way that you guys look now. What, they look good again? You guys look um, a little more confident. We'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. That's that's the last game on our slate. But Sheffield don't look great, but that's not to take anything away from Leicester because in footy bottom of the table. Leave but, leave but, but in footy just because you're playing a bad team doesn't mean you're gonna put up five goals. So let's move on to a game that was a little bit less Goal scoring. Um, a little bit less exciting. You know. But Carl oh, got this his... is definitely a lot less exciting. But yeah. Carl got his result. Yeah. He got That's his all result. That matters. You, you you got dubs. Screw West Ham. All we did was we 
countered them, and we played super possessive, and... I mean, you dominated them. Yeah, and then we forced an own goal, and you call it a day from there. But you dominated them. Yeah, I, I was actually really thoroughly surprised with our performance. I was not expecting that thorough of a performance, and I really think after that win to City, we're comp like our confidence is just yep boosting through the roof. It's we, too we bad. Feel it's, like... Oh, oh, it's just it's too bad that you can't use that confidence in the Champions League, and you just gotta use it in the. Bro, Europa we would, we would. <laughs> Loki, uh, City's the next round. I want to. Who are they versing next round in the Champions League? I don't know. The thing just ended today. They got to do a draw. Bro, they're they're gonna get the work. I want it to be Liverpool, just because I want Liverpool to take them out. But it won't. Liverpool won't take them out, so I don't want it to be Liverpool. You know what I really yeah. want to see, and what no one else wants to see this early. What? I would love City Bayern. Get yeah, one of get that, one actually. of the, get one of them out early. Um, or City PSG, but I think. There wasn't really much on the United West Ham game. I just kind of had to. It, put it, it was up. literally just a thrashing. Like, it was a thrashing. I, I, it just it was unexpected. I didn't. I didn't they, expect they made, it to be so thorough. They made West Ham look like West Ham usually is, not how West Ham is right now. Exactly, and also that's also not to take away from Lingard because Lingard wasn't able to. Yeah. Play against his parent, parent club. club and bro. That they showed. played so much worse. That showed so a lot. So much worse. A lot. Like I, I was really surprised. Um, I, I think that's that's a huge, huge thing for Lingard's career because I, I think if he gets, I, I would really want him to get signed by West Ham. I want him I the would best, too. and I, I would think too. that's that's his best place right yeah. now. Right now, I agree. I agree. Um, so. Before we go into our next game, actually, and we're going to go into the next game anyway, we gotta, I'll talk about it while we go into it. But so, North London Derby. Uh, this was a great game. I'm this is a be great honest. game. But hold up, before we before we go into the game, this just really came back to bite Jose Mourinho in the butt. Ready for this? Do you know what he said before the game, Carl? Nah. So he got asked about what he thinks of Arsenal and what he thinks of. Uh, them before the game and he said i look up i don't look down referring to the table oh i did see this um yeah get clapped kid yeah get like clapped. like jose you tried to play the mind games i just didn't work dude didn't work but bro literally you get outplayed you get outplayed the entire game like one of the early chances, I'm pretty sure it was Smith Rowe who shot it. I literally was just freaking out because it was like a banger from all the way outside of the box, similar to like the way that Granajaka hits, like really occasionally. Yo, speaking of bangers like, outside of the box, just to exit the prem real quick, you see Odegaard's banger from the Europa League this week? No, I didn't. All right, check that after we're done recording because. It's ridiculous. Nah, not right now. Um, okay, I'll talk. I I was impressed. I don't know. I 
Arsenal just look like they're good. They're growing. Arteta ball looks like it's going well, and I don't like it. Also, I saw nah, something. I'm looking really confident. I saw something this week that was um, talking about. So Spurs golden age right now has no trophies. And Arsenal's banter period has two. It's Spurs. Because they won the FA Cup and the Community Shield. Spurs don't have history. No, I'm talking about the current golden age. Like, the best Spurs have been is current. Yeah, exactly. Like, and Spurs this is... just don't have history. So that's why they're trash. Because they don't have any of the backing. That's not really what I'm talking about. It's more how I'm currently... I'm just I know, but trash. They got whooped. <laughs> they did get whooped. It's just... I don't know, because I feel like when you have the front four of Kane, Son, Bale, and Lucas Mora, why are you playing so defensive? Also, why are you playing Lucas Mora at Cam? I mean... He plays really well there. With those three in front of him. I honestly think someone else plays better, like a little Mella or Lucas Mora Lucas Mora so Spurs almost came back and drew this game at the end with a couple free kicks. And one of the free kicks at the end only happened because Lucas Mora has the feet that he has. Like, his dribbling ability and his ability to create late in games and draw fouls and get the ball off his feet quick is really, really important in a midfield. So that's kind of just like, especially with those guys in front of him, he's just really, really quick. Yeah, fair. But it's all opinionated, like, in terms of what we think would work. Entirely true, especially that that's just being a manager. Yeah. Um. So last oh week... God. You saw the goal? Oh, my God. Right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, They're bringing back old Arsenal. This is scary. I hate this. Well, they have to make the Odegaard signing permanent. But I want to move on to the next game because Carl and I have not done very well with predictions, but I got our next game right. I called it. Not only did yeah. I call the score, but I called who would score the goal and come through for Liverpool. Yeah, well, and Mane missing everything and the rest sh- of your offense just being like, oh yeah, I don't know how to play. It doesn't like. Show yeah, shut well up, shut up, shut up. Stop being salty. You said before that we look good and you don't like it. That's why I have to be salty. Like, also, I, I'm not salty unless you look good. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I saw something on Instagram today. Uh, Fiago at Footy Base posted something about how he finds it interesting that everyone's praising City for how well they're playing in the Champions League right now while they're playing Gladbach, who are on a seven-game skid and everything's kind of in freefall. And Liverpool's dismantling of Lipzig, who are the only team challenging Bayern for the title in Bundesliga, kind of fell under the radar. And I'm a Liverpool supporter, and seeing that, I my brain kind of just ticked, and I was like, whoa, it did. 
no one really talked about it. Like, that's a bigger deal than it was. Yeah. But I I also expected that. I expected both, I, and I expected, I, too, I expected but... cities to be more confident. That's why I'm saying they're going to get whooped in their next round. Just Given... because... I feel like they're going into like a false confidence period. I feel like they're they've been versing like crappy prem sides, and then like now that they're versing like decent like teams, they're actually like starting to be like okay, like we're starting to slow down. Well, so like, first even off, they're first off, prem. hold up. There's there's no such thing as a crappy prem side. I'm talking about the worst, pre- the the lesser prem sides, like the, the lower table, massive amounts of funding. Okay, but I don't know. I just like I like where Liverpool's going. Um, I'm still not sure where I stand on Ozenkaba. He looks like he's settling in a little bit more. He's still 20. His his buy option at the end of the season's 18 million, which isn't terrible. Uh, I think one of the biggest things though with Liverpool right now is Fabinho has moved back to the midfield. I said earlier on our podcast that I wouldn't mind if he became a center back. I am going to retract that blasphemous statement. The dude needs to be in the midfield. We're a totally different side when he is playing in midfield. Bro, you guys actually play confident if you have him in the midfield. Like, I did not realize until he was missing from the midfield. He has a role similar to Rodri in the midfield of City. Yeah, but I think he's better. That's debatable. But I know it is. up to their opinion. <laughs> well, Rodri might be better right now, but yeah. in terms of when you look at overall and who's been doing it for longer this well... Rodri's also younger. Not by much. I think Rodri's like 24, and I think Fabinho's like 26, 27. Audrey is 24. Did I get this right? 27. Yeah. Hey, good job. Um, But Fabinho hasn't been, like, that great for that long. I mean, he's been... And also, Audrey's also been been world-class, like, for a minute. Fabinho's been an underrated, incredibly important part of Liverpool's midfield for the last three years. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. did you say underrated? Somewhat. Considering that, based on where I'm putting him and where you're putting him, I'm considering that you are underrating him. No, I'm just saying City, like, has... Rodri, and I'm saying Rodri is better than him. Because I know, and I'm saying I'm gonna have a longer prime than Fabinho because Fabinho hasn't been world class forever. Like I mean, Fabinho was pretty. He was pretty damn world class at Monaco when he was younger. Like that's kind of why he went to Liverpool. He was a huge reason that Monaco team with Mbappe in 17 was nuts. Are you forgetting about that? Yeah, I didn't forget about that, but also Rodri's been at like a prem side like pretty much his entire career. No, Rodri just went to Man City a couple years ago, coming out of Atletico in La Liga. Yeah, he's, but he's been sick since. 
it's he was sort of okay keep in mind that keep in mind that we're debating two of the top like five cdms in the prem uh you mean the world yeah pretty much like literally rodri's debatably the best cdm in the world with like kimmage uh conte kimmage is just different but that I'm just going to take the games off the screen because we're done talking about it. We've we've jumped we're just into debating uh, some BS. We're just we're just debating some stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I because Liverpool's midfield has been such an important part to the way they've played over the last couple of years and because the change I noticed when he's not there versus when he is, I don't see that change in City's midfield, sans Rodri, as I do in Liverpool's midfield, sans Fabinho, which is kind of why I'm making this statement. I haven't really it, seen City might, without Rodri. It like, might also recently. be chalked up to the fact that KDB, Gundogan, and everybody else in that midfield are better than the other people around Fabinho at Liverpool. Yeah. But that's an argument that no one's ever going to be able to actually prove if you swapped them. I just really think that... I guess my argument more is Fabinho is more important to Liverpool's midfield than Rodri is to City's. And I think that's just... When have you seen them without, like, Rodri... Rodri's like, first season and last season, he didn't play every game. Yeah. So when did they not win the Prem? They barely, and they didn't win the Prem last year after two of the most historic seasons in the history of world football. So yeah. typically there's some burnout after that. Um, and now they're back. They're, they're back. Rodri. And Rodri no, but, has but hold on. Why? Nuts. But Rodri's not the reason why they're back. The reason why they're back is Stones and Diaz. And Pep's ability... And and also Rodri being able to be that third because it's sort of like a triangle because they play like a 4-1. I know. But you take Rodri out, you you take Rodri out, you can put Fernandinho in. You can put, in terms of importance to the midfield... Liverpool don't have as many options as City do, so if you take Rodri out, you can fill it with somebody a lot better than your replacement with Fabinho. Yeah, it's, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm just debating talent. Yeah, I'm not arguing against really talent right now. I'm more arguing against importance to their team and the detriment against Rodri there is City's embarrassment of riches. When it comes oh. to the. When it comes to the, uh, you know, they're looking for another left back too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My point. <laughs> like, all right. Um. So I got three kind of extra topics that we talk about. Usually, I share them with Carl, but kid's been busy with schoolwork, so he hasn't really been keeping up with footy. So. We're going to start with some of the biggest news that I saw today. Something that I sent Carl on Instagram that I don't know if he saw. But the Euros this summer, Carl, are going to be fun. Why? He's back. 
Uh, Zlatan has been selected to the Swedish national team and will be playing in the Euros. So, the Euros will be played a lot of the games in England. You want to know what Zlatan put on his Instagram story along with the post that says Return of the God? Because that was his Instagram caption. His bicycle kick against England to the song I'm Coming Home. (laughs) The man is a savage. Yeah, he, he says whatever he wants. I'm excited to see it. Like, yeah, I'm really excited to see him uh, perform really well. He's been performing amazingly for AC Milan. So, yep, yep. I want to see if you can bring it on a international stage one more time. Really, yeah, I think he'll be able to. I mean, like, he ages like fine wine. If I, we've noticed, oddly enough, yeah. He like, just like has gotten slightly slower, but he still has like bursts of speed, which well, is like as his, fast as anyone else. His running has gotten slower a little bit, but his brain, I think, has gotten faster. And yeah. his ability on the ball and his flexibility and his way to contort his body is just still ridiculous. Blows yeah, my mind. You don't really lose that when you're like whatever degree in karate he is. Yeah, but you do lose it with age. He he's just nuts. Like, I know. I know. Um so next thing I really want to move on to is so it's it's like mid to late March. We're starting to get some transfer rumor. And one of the hottest commodities in world f- football just got a price tag slapped on him. Coming out of build in Germany. Erling Holland's price tag is 150 million euro. Damn. So somebody's gonna pay it this summer. Madrid. City. And Madrid doesn't have the money. And thing about everyone that they're selling. Doesn't matter. And like I don't know. I mean, if somebody doesn't buy him this summer, when his release clause kicks in next summer for whatever it is, like $75 million, every single club in Europe is going to try and get that signature. Well, yeah. I think that may be what people are going to wait for. I don't, because <clears throat> if he Why could... If he would join City this summer, they will pay him. Man, you would pay that too. Well, if you're Erling Holland, where would you pick, Carl? Replacing well, Sergio Aguero at Manchester City. It depends. It depends. Shut up. Or going to play with your buddy from Norway who coaching you with another young striker trying to develop up top also. Think you about that. Play with Lindelof. What? Lindelof is Swedish. I'm pretty sure. I mean, it sounds Swedish, but that's not really where I'm going. But I are you forgetting also? He has a link to City. Yeah, I know his dad. There we go. I I just I see it happening. Shut up! I don't want him to go to City, and you. 
all the way. Do you want some more Happy Carl news? Sure. All right, so I saw a report out of Tuta Sport in Italy today. Is it Moran? No, that would be a Spanish media outlet. Yeah, no. not an Italian media or, outlet. Or France. Yeah, but most likely something out of Spain because he plays yeah. for Madrid and they would be reporting on Madrid business. But according to Tuta Sport, with some news regarding Cristiano Ronaldo, should he leave Juventus this summer, he's apparently more likely to return to United than to Madrid. Is that a move? Get Ronaldo for like two years. Do you think it's a move? Yeah. I mean, I just think it would be nostalgic to see him back at Old Trafford. I think that would be sick. Get Ronaldo for two years. Loki win the prem. I mean, who else really, though, to help your powerful sharpshooter than Ronaldo? Yeah, we'll probably get rid of Cavani. Well, Cavani is not apparently enjoying his time there and might, like, I've seen reports of yeah, both the juniors I've... being interested in him. Well, they had an interest in him last season as well. I know, but, but they still are. signing him. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah. He's world-class talent. I just wanted to put the Ronaldo thing up there so you could... Uh... Yeah, I've been seeing random things about this just on yeah. and off. Um, I just think it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, woo, like, we could get Ronaldo again. But, like, honestly, like, is that going to happen? I, I could see it kind of just because... Doesn't look like it's working out really at Juve. That's my yeah. He could go for the Bruno connection if like he really wants. Yo, I saw a meme today. Speaking of that, that was like this is how World War Three is gonna start. Ready for this? World War Three is gonna start with the World Cup final being Portugal and England. And in the 90th minute, there's going to be a pen that goes into VAR. It gets awarded. Ronaldo has been hurt at this point. So Bruno steps up and takes it, and it gets saved and goes back to VAR, and they review it, and the goalie jumped early, and then he takes it again and scores, and that's the World Cup. That actually sounds really accurate. So <laughs> I, I don't If that... Uh, <laughs> um... So on that note, you want to jump into predictions? Yeah, I sort of have to at that point. So uh, I got a question. I got a oh. question. Do we want to... We only have four games to predict. Oh, yeah. We do so only have four games. I was going to say, do we want to only predict the games we're going to talk about? But since there's only four, we're going to talk about all four next week. Yep. So Fulham leads... I'll go first. Okay. Um, I don't know, because I keep saying it. Fulham are scrappy. Um, I'll go Leeds 2-0. 2 okay. Fulham have finishing um, issues. I'll take a 3-1 Leeds. Okay, okay. Right in Newcastle, I will take this... Yeah, I'm also going to go nil-nil. I just, both these teams are struggling, and I just don't really see too much creativity. Uh, not that it's not going to be, like, an exciting game. It just might be on the lower end of fun. Uh, yeah, Friday, well, Friday, not fun, just, like, scoring. Yeah. 
Friday and Saturday aren't really the games we're looking forward to this weekend. Um, I'm pumped for Sunday. Also, it's going to be somewhat difficult to pay attention to some of this because March Madness is starting and we are in America. So that gets watched profusely. And Duke's out, so I'm salty boy. Yeah, Carl's salty boy. Um, but who, who are you rooting for? I don't. I haven't paid attention enough this year. I'd like to see Gonzaga win, but let's get back to the sport that people care about with us. Um, <laughs> we don't know enough to talk about basketball. I mean, you do. I don't. But West Ham Arsenal. I'm picking. Uh, I'm picking. No, it's my turn. I'm picking West Ham two one. Like, it's at home. I think they're annoyed with how they played against United. Lingard will be back. And Lingard back is kind of big. Um, I don't know. I just I got a feeling. 2-1. I also was talking to my neighbor today about sports betting, and he looked up the lines for this game, and I told him that that was my gut feeling. So he was going to parlay West Ham and the plus two and a half goals for the over. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. I'm I told him not. I told him. I told him not. To, I told him not to parlay anything. Yeah. You're taking uh, Arsenal two one. Yeah. Yeah. I also told him avoid betting on soccer because it's really confusing when the odds for West Ham to win, the odds for Arsenal to win, and the odds for a draw are all positive. Why not? That's like normal batting. Like, no, it's it, not. No matter what. Do you what? mean like this? There, there isn't like one person who's supposed to win in this case. I know, but like it's not normal betting because if you're not a soccer fan, and I use soccer because that's just what they would use because they bet on American football, so yeah. they don't call it football. So yeah. they're not fans the way we are. So. It's really confusing when both options for a team to win are positive for them. That happens for whatever. I I, I deal with NBA bets, so that's yeah. very similar. Um, um, so Spurs Villa, I'm taking Spurs four one. What? They just lost. Yeah, but you're taking them four one at Villa Park against a quality Villa side with Emmy Martinez in net. Uh, Emmy Martinez, uh, 2-1. Yeah, I was going to go 2-1 also, but, like... 2-1 just because of Emmy Martinez. I, I, mean, I, wasn't, I wasn't giving him enough respect. I'm going to make some kind of reel about, like, detailing my top three Prem signings because I just launched a TikTok for our account also. I don't know if I told you that. I haven't posted mm-hmm. anything yet, but he he's my signing of this. Season him. I'll go into less detail, I guess, when I make a reel or something. But him, Suchek, and um, who's the other one? Him, Suchek, and Ruben Diaz have been my signings of the summer because Ruben Diaz has transformed City's back line. They've gone from a team that has been mostly focused on their offensive scoring capabilities to a team that can now defend against anything. Suchek has Villa given has changed everything. 
they just are much more confident playing the ball around the field because they have a goalie that actually can make saves consistently. And Suchek is a very, very complimentary piece to Declan Rice in that midfield. And they play really well together, and it's allowed West Ham to kind of control games a little bit better. I think Lingard has been... Is Lingard by far. Yeah. I mean, another signing of the season that I saw, ironically, is Alex Tellez, because of what it did to Luke Shaw. (laughs) I'm not kidding. No, you can't be kidding, because Luke Shaw is playing the best left back in the Prem. That's a thing. Debatably, the best left back, like... He he's playing Alfonso Davies level. The only I reason why that. he's not playing Alfonso Davies level is because he doesn't have the individual threat that, that Alfonso Davies has. Not even the pace, because pace is nothing if you can't beat a player. If you're not creative enough to use your pace in the right way. And no, but Shaw has that. He he has that. He just doesn't have the pace that Alfonso I know, Davies I know, but what does I, because what of injuries. I'm saying Davies isn't just pace. Like, yeah, but what I'm saying yeah. is like Shaw is, Shaw is missing the pace. Has those attributes? I don't think he has them to the same degree no, as Davies no. does. Like the thing about Alfonso Davies is he's a reverse Gareth Bale right now. He got bought as a right winger and converted to a left back. Yeah, literally. And. I love it. Watching what he—I mean, I'm going back to the eight-two, but watching what he did to Semedo, the way he literally broke his ankles to a point where Barcelona sent him to Wolves, um, <laughs> like Shaw can't yeah, do anything good. like that. Well, Shaw yeah. doesn't. Shaw doesn't have the. Shaw has the offensive capabilities to create by getting the ball but, out of his feet. He can't create with the ball. Ex- he can't create with the ball his feet as well because he's just simply not as athletic. That's true. Like that. That's one of the points that I was gonna make is the explosiveness. He really lacks that explosiveness that you get to see from Alfonso Davies off of the break. So yeah. it's really difficult to be like, oh yeah, like this is what's gonna happen this way. I will say, like, Shaw's been impressive. He's been... Shaw's been amazing this entire season. I don't... like it. Mostly just surprised. I, I really think Tellus is going to pull through next season and just be nuts, but I, I don't know. Because you never know if he'll actually ever touch the field. Yeah, I I forgot what account's doing it, but somebody's doing like a vote. Oh, it's Puberty Sport. They're doing a vote for the England um lineup for the Euro. And I'm pretty sure Pope got voted for keeper. And then left Josh back should be left back. Guess who the left center back was according to the vote? Maguire. Yeah. Fair. Fair. I I would say had he been healthy, Joe Gomez? Um, if he was healthy, a decent portion of the city. No, no, that's, that's, what, that's you, what I mean. Had he been healthy this season? Because 
you and I are on record having conversations in the past, and I don't know if your opinion has changed, but... No, my opinion has not changed. Good Joe Gomez, he's just injury-prone, yeah. which is his only well, flaw. I don't, I don't think he's very injury-prone. He he hasn't had a... He has a persistent uh, ankle injury, I thought. No, he's out this season because he severely injured his knee in the first international break. Oh. Yeah, it's not something persistent. This was a new injury for the season. Um... Yeah, I just wanted to clarify that. What was he talking about? I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Joe Gomez is a quality center back, and Joe Gomez would be starting if he actually played the entire season. Or he would be starting but... alongside Maguire in that vote. I don't know. I need yeah, to exactly. see the I need to see the rest of it progress. Um uh, I completely agree with that, because yeah. I don't know if you really can not have Maguire there considering the quality of that Manchester United side this season. Yep. And also yep. you you have to throw I don't know if you throw Wamba Soccer if you throw Kyle Walker. Like of course of course I'm gonna say Wamba Saka. Hello. Bro, you throw him at midfield, dummy. Okay, fair. Throw him at CDM. Because okay, think fair. about all your right backs. You also have Reese James, homie. I mean I would probably pick Reese James. And just play the rest. Like yeah, I would play Kyle Kyle Walker at center back. <laughs> He's done it before. What do you mean? He's like six foot. He was fire at center back. That's fair. Now nah, put Kyle Walker in goal. Ah, that was funny. <laughs> yep, yep. Every time we come back to put Kyle Walker in goal. Um you have to. You have to. You have to. I honestly think Liverpool have a chance in the Champions League. I'm just going to put this out there. I really do. Like, I know it sounds crazy. I can't crazy. wait until they get drawn against Bayern, and I can just laugh at you Shut so, up. so much as your dreams <laughs> just plummet down the toilet because Bayern just smack you. So you know what the upside? 9-1. Do you want to know what the upside to Liverpool-Bayern would be? But Liverpool don't play in London. Because <laughs> you know what happens when Arsenal goes to London. You mean Bayern goes to London? Oh, yeah, Bayern, Bayern. Well, yeah, sorry, well, Bayern. One, go, well, I mean, they, Bayern touch London. Once Spurs, Bayern goes to London. Arsenal, Chelsea, you name the team. They it, beat them like 7 1 every time. Yeah. Every, every time. time. And it is kind of nice that. Other countries can't travel to England at the moment because Liverpool doesn't have to play Champions League games at home. Where they can't seem to win a thing. I think I think part I think part of the reason why they didn't blow it against Leipzig is because they were playing in Budapest. Not even not even kidding. Jesus. Where did yeah, they beat no. where, hold up, where did they beat Wolves? Where did they beat Wolves? The who? Not at home. <laughs> First game back with Jota. You think that was it? Yeah. I mean... Bro, it's he... literally been a massive difference, and also you have Fabinho actually playing in the CDM role instead of playing center back, and you have yeah. two center backs, which is massive for a team who didn't have center backs the entire season. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, our two center backs are... Nat Phillips and Ozan Kabak, but 
they have legs. They have legs. They aren't injured, and they play that position, which is like the massive component. Like they do, like they do, they do, they do play that position. Like that's that's the biggest thing. They actually play that position. Yeah. Yeah. So next week, because uh, we got a limiting games, I think Carl and I are gonna do our first little uh, snake draft kind of squad building challenge. Um. I'm excited for that. I think we're going to make it Premier League. What do we agree on? $300 million or $300 million pound budget. Um, no players from the top six. Not top six, big six. Yeah, no players from top six. Top six or big six? Uh, big six. Because... Yeah. So it's going to be well, basically a fight. For... We wouldn't be able to sign anyone from Liverpool, pretty much. Yeah, so let's do big six. We'll do big six. We'll do big six just in terms of, like, player value. Because we could actually sign, like, a couple people from... Like Lefter. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll do that, and we'll pull all the values from Transfer Market. I think it's going to be a fun time. Um, there's going to be plenty of arguing. We're going to get some good sound bites out of that one. Yeah, I hate you already, so we'll we'll see how this goes. All right, just because you said that, I'm just going to go first, and I'll get the first pick for goalie. Um, so you're just taking Melia? Probably not, honestly. Uh, I'm going to take Melia, then. I mean, I'll tell you who my first pick is going to be in goal. Who? Who plays goalie for Aston Villa, Carl? Oh, Martinez. Yeah. Bro, I'm going for Donnarumma. I'm spending all my money. Prem. Non-big yeah, no. sticks. We can't go to Italy. Um, that, that's Italy top four. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, tune in next week for that, and thanks for all the tuning in. Um, I checked our RSS feed. We got over 200 total streams. So... Woo. That's awesome. Uh... We'll be back next week. Catch you guys. Adios. Uh, Peace.